0: Good afternoon, podcasters. It is uh, May nineteenth, about uh, twenty after twelve East Coast time, and I got the pleasure of uh, introducing an international caller to you guys. For those of you who have never met Mike Sikorsky, he is out in uh, some place in Arizona. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon.
1: Oh, uh, good to talk to you, Marty.
0: Hey, man. It, it's good to talk to you, and thanks for agreeing to do this. Uh, you have the fastest response time and and setup of. Uh, any podcast I've done so far, I ask you this morning in an email, and boom, here we are a couple hours later. So I had to take some time <laughs> and jot down some quick questions. Um, how long have you been calling? Oh, my goodness.
1: 48 years or a little better. I I measure that from the very first dance I ever called, which was
0: in July of 1972. Nice. Well, and you were three. That's close enough. We don't need to know. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, what did you do before you were uh, involved in square dance calling? What did you do? Did you have any other occupations? or? I called my
1: first dance just after I graduated high school, actually. Right. And so I didn't. The only, I only had one real job before that. I was a box boy.
0: Wow. Un Unreal. Um, what do you think you'd be doing... Well, I probably already know this, but the the podcasters may not. What do you think you'd be doing uh, if you weren't square dancing anymore? If your career comes to an end, what would you be doing?
1: Oh, if it comes to an end. Okay. Well, I am currently getting into the voiceover business, and I really enjoy that. Plus, I'm doing a lot of songwriting, and I was nominated. Two of my songs off my last CD were nominated for Recording of the Year, so so I have awesome. had um, some minor success and off my last CD, we had one song that's generated some significant royalties for airplanes
0: South Korea believe it or not
1: awesome so that's cool. right be
0: cool cool um, do you travel internationally when you call have you been across the big pond or have you been in Asia or have you called just the United States
1: most my most recent travels I've been to China twice and I mean I mean Beijing uh, coming up in 2021, I'll be going to Taiwan. I have toured all over Germany, I've been to Austria and Switzerland, and Belgium. Toured all those places. I've toured the UK for many years, also.
0: Nice. If you could go back to one of them, where would you go? All of them. All of them. Cool. Maybe you know. I, I think my.
1: I think my, they're, they're all my favorite places, although I think the most beautiful mountain in the world is the one I look at out my window and I see Superstition Mountain here in Apache Junction. But the second most beautiful mountain I've ever seen was, I, I was going to call in Zurich, and I got the train got me there early. They took me up on top of a hill, and I got to look down at Lake Geneva, I believe it was, just crystal clear, smooth, and the snow-capped alps in the background. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen.
0: Wow. Just imagine a, a jigsaw puzzle that shot would have made. <laughs>
1: cool. I don't do jigsaw puzzles. My favorite puzzle is a one-piece puzzle. Most people call it a picture.
0: Oh, boy. Cool. Um, what's your favorite food? What do you like to eat?
1: It would be a shorter list if I told you things I don't eat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because I'm severely allergic to wheat flour. Found that out. And so I have to go gluten-free or at least wheat-free with everything. That has greatly improved my health since somebody figured that out a while back. So I actually prefer um, Mexican food. I do that a lot. I like a good steak. I like a good hamburger.
0: Okay. Cool. Who influenced your calling career the most
1: Bob Fisk huh me under his wing at a very a very very early uh, point in my calling I had just c- called my first dance when I started dancing with him and I w- I picked up a couple of teen clubs to call for and about one square piece you know that's how you start you're lucky to have one square and so I was doing then a, a dance with Bob, and his helper came up and said, "Why don't you ask Bob if he'll help you?" And I said, "Wow, he is so busy. I just don't want to bother him." And he said, "No, he wants to help you, but he won't come up and ask." So I went up and visited with him, and I said, "Bob, I just wanted to be kind of help." And boy, he just interrupted me, and he just came out and said, "Yeah, let's talk over the phone. I'll help <laughs> you." Blah blah blah. And really, he, he he was a major influence on my career.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, Square dancing can really consume you and your time. And I know there in, in uh, Arizona, I, was talking, I wasn't talking to you in Arizona, but I was talking to you about your program there. And you were calling as many as 20, 21 times a week, a week out there. Um, how, how have you been able to fill your time since square dancing has come to a screeching halt?
1: Well, been writing a lot of songs. Uh, like I said, getting into the voiceover business. I actually have a book that's being mailed to me tomorrow that I have, it's 375 pages, and I have to read that out loud because the person who wants it done gets bored reading but can listen to a, 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 if you will, a podcast of a book, the reading of a book, and has to do it for her work. So this is the person I met through a website, and I haven't ever met the person, but so I'll be doing that tomorrow, which is why we are doing this interview today. <laughs> well, wow!
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, we have a brotherhood of square dance callers, and I, I do know that if I was in, uh, say, uh, uh, the a northern club in Arizona calling a dance, and and I come downhill and I'd say, "Hey, Mike, you free? You cover that up." What is it about square dancing that that we have that camaraderie? Do you do you have any idea?
1: I have wondered about that often, but I think we have a craft that, number one, allows us to develop a reputation nationally and internationally as much as we want to do. People look forward to coming back. There's also, with with, with that immediate response and building, you can do. Square dance calling has the ability to bring callers together to work together on stage and there is a bonding that goes on with that but you can't get any other way uh, I've seen two line dance features on on stage cueing, each cueing the line dance and they don't build that I've seen cuers on stage and they don't build that. There's not a direct link but when you get together and you're bouncing calls back and forth, one singing and the other one's doing harmony, there is a direct Bonding there that happens that can't happen any other way. So that's my opinion on that. Wow.
0: Neat. Awesome Uh, And I think also there's the professional side of that that we don't want to see the dancers come to a hall where there's not a caller I think we have an innate obligation to make sure the dancers have a good time and that if I can't make it I find a substitute and and uh, the dance goes on. I think we have that obligation to the dancers as well.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's about time, that, supposing that it didn't happen that way. And and uh, I know George Jones had the nickname No-Show Jones, that he would go and he'd get booked in. And man had a long career. I don't know how he kept getting booked if he was never going to show up. But it's uh, the way that happens sometimes. Uh, in so doing... Uh, with the brotherhood of caller and sisterhood, if you will, with some fine female and women callers in the industry. Has anybody ever played a prank on you?
1: Oh, oh dear. Well, the dancers did uh, 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 many, many years ago. Is my favorite story. It was graduation night, and <laughs> and there was one square that, that on the last day they liked to get together, And I thought it was kind of odd that one of the ladies was missing and my mother was actually filling in the spot. And they began with the cricket clickers, and I thought that was the joke during the singing fall. And I was doing El Paso City with all those big soaring notes and everything. And and I noticed that this missing lady made a beeline out of the restroom at the back of the hall, wound her way through and up to the stage, she had a big fake blonde wig on, a big overcoat, and big dark sunglasses. She opened the coat, flashed me, and then tore off. <laughs> and In the middle of me singing, and now, mind you, it was it, it was all above board. But she was she was wearing like a peach leotard. Yep. She had a paper plate taped to her chest, upon which was written, "Follow your neighbor and spread." <laughs> I lost it. My voice cracked. I kept the same call going, but my voice cracked. and
0: They were all jumping up and down saying, we
1: got him, we got him, we got
0: him, we got him. Wow. I don't know if I ever told this story, but uh, uh, we had a graduation about my second year of calling back. uh, I don't know. I think Moby Dick was a guppy. It was so long ago uh, that uh, they they told all the dancers when they first started at graduation they're going to have to ride a goat. So, what they did is, this guy actually knew somebody who had a goat, and they brought that goat into the dance hall, down the stairs, and had that goat inside the dance hall, and they took all of the class ladies up in the bathroom, blindfolded them, and made them come down and ride the supposed goat. Well, what happened was they'd taken a two-by-six and put a fur coat around it so it felt like fur, so they, they got that lady with her pantaloons and petty pants and square dance skirt up over the top of that bar, and they just jiggled it upside and down. And, but they, there was really the goat there, so they sold it very, very well. But, <laughs> you know, we know what square dancers are going to do. But that was, that was a club in a little town called Arkville, New York, uh, right off uh, uh, probably about to give you a landmark of that, where that was. It was probably about 60 miles uh, west of where Woodstock was, uh, the famous rock concert. So that's still a little bit of... I'm not talking about me today, but I thought I'd throw that in. Uh, You know what? If I was to take uh, a dozen singing calls and listen to them and listen to the caller and uh, try to identify them, yours would be very, very apparent because you have a fairly unique voice. Uh, have you had any formal voice training to develop your voice or, uh, or is it just God given talent? Well, it
1: starts singing, I believe starts with God given talent, but it's about 10% talent, about 90% sweat and effort. So I've done a lot of self learning.
0: Huh?
1: I've not done ongoing vocal training. However, at one point, um, when I started going to Nashville getting in there for songwriting purposes and calling dances while I was there, I actually saw an article on a person who was a voice coach for the stars. And I'd heard so many bad stories from people who'd gone to voice teachers who were trying to craft the singer in their image, in in the image that the teacher wanted. I figured I would like to be with somebody who was going to coach a singer who had millions of dollars behind them because those millions of dollars wanted that singer not change who just powered
0: uh-huh.
1: and so I did that I, I did a two-hour session in Nashville with that lady and that that was very good now more recently uh, Lisa Lincoln has given me some tips that have been absolutely amazing in fact at this last caller lab that was supposed to happen she was going to do another voice session and she had asked me to be one of her guinea pigs. Uh So I'm hoping that will happen at the next caller lab. Nice. Nice. But if there's anybody currently, the other voice coach I got a lot of great advice from, unfortunately has passed away. And he did, that guy did coach me. Wow.
0: Um, Being you're in the, in the, in the music business as well as calling, do you play any musical instruments?
1: I strum guitar, but I don't call myself a real guitar player because I'm four chords in a capo. Is that right? I just strum, that's all.
0: <laughs>
1: However, I've been called a metronome. That's probably my square dance calling in me. But when I start strumming, I'm told I'm like a metronome. I'm right on the
0: beat, right on the beat, right on the beat, all the way through. Nice. Nice, nice. Um, what is on your bucket list? What would you like to do? that you haven't taken the time to do?
1: Oh, my goodness. I don't really have a bucket list. I just look forward to to tomorrow. I I just try to make make myself and the world around me a better place tomorrow than it was today.
0: Nice. Um, uh, Let's see. I also know from uh, reading your bio and knowing you personally, that you're a Caller Lab caller coach as well as being a Square Dance caller. Do you derive as much satisfaction of seeing that person finally the light come on and and be able to? He said, "I know that one's going to make it, but I know this one may make it with a little extra work." Do you get that sense of accomplishment when you see them be successful?
1: Absolutely, and, and I derive mine by by not doing what I would call a a shoe. Once, once you fit, the approach. So I don't pre-program a lot of things. I know what I want to get done. But if you want to call, I put you up on stage and I say, let's see what you can do. And then we'll start there. And what I'm told is I have a very good ability to hone in on each person's ability, where they are, what their confidence level is, and what I can ask them to try that will allow them to step out of their comfort zone the most comfortably at each stage of the game. Nice. So that's what I'm told by my students.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you a question. I've, I've talked to a few caller coaches, and I've never asked them one of them. Is it easier as a caller coach to teach somebody that don't know uh, square one, or uh, or is it easier to teach somebody who knows pretty much what they're doing but have bad habits and you have to break them? if they have innate. If
1: they have ingrained talent, then I would rather take someone who has not called at all. I, For instance, there's, there's a lady who wasn't sure she wanted to call until she helped went through a class and then helped with the class, taught by Janet Chan. And she thought, you know what, I think I can be a lady caller also. So she came to one of my schools, and she was so new that when I put her on stage the first time, I whispered calls in her ear that she regurgitated so she could at least get the feel of what happens when something comes out of your mouth and dancers move. Wow. To, to where at the end, by, by four days later at the end of the school, she was not only writing her own material, reading it, and it worked, it resolved. She actually wrote something that didn't work, laid the paper down, and psych called them home. Nice. That's the that's, kind of stuff I can do with somebody with a little bit of talent, a lot of desire, and no prior training.
0: That's 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 fantastic. Um, is there any square dancing going on in Arizona right now?
1: None, absolutely none. Wow! I was trying to do a little bit here in my living room, and of course we were under the under the ten because you got and uh, square i on nine, but weather started to get warm and people started to head back. One couple had to go back to Colorado because they were going to help with their daughter and son-in-law's children who were home from school and they still had to go to work. So,
0: so yeah, not right now. No dancing. What uh, Do you have a projection of when it's going to start back up and what it's going to look like when it comes back?
1: I don't. I think we have to take the y'all come approach to welcoming people back and make sure everybody succeeds. I know that Tennessee is one of the first states to really open up, and I was supposed to call the dance there the first Friday of June, but they sent out an email to the dancers, and the dancers in their club, almost all of them are over the age of 65, so they consider themselves to be in a higher risk group 70% 70% of them said, no, we're not coming out yet. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm suggesting that probably late June, early July is when we'll start to see some dances start again.
0: Wow. You know, I've, I've, I've done, I think, probably four or five, six podcasts since uh, all this message started. And uh, I've made this statement on every one of them. If somebody told you or me, uh, in December of last year that square dancing would be coming to a halt worldwide. We probably just wouldn't laugh at it.
1: That's probably true, but I do advise everybody I talk to, to get get your masks, get some of those surgical gloves, and I mean a real mask, the one that really does seal things out, and be prepared because it is quite possible that the next time the flu season comes around, the powers that be the money people are going to say you're not shutting down the economy again We saw too many businesses go under and we almost went under and so I don't think it's going to shut down again But if we want to continue to be social, we're going to have to be prepared
0: Right um, Let's see if I, what else I have here Do you have any new Squared dance music coming out? No,
1: my music guy has been very, very busy. He's the most in-demand keyplay, keyboard player in Los Angeles, probably in the country, and his studio is extremely busy. And so, I just haven't been able to get anything done. And my, my own life has been very busy. My direction, of course, right now is songwriting. So, no, no, no new music
0: right now. Oh wow! I, I, I've sure enjoyed hearing you do in person. See you later, alligator. That's for sure. <laughs> Now, if somebody well, like, wanted to get a hold of you to do a dance, how, what's the best way to get a hold of Mike Sikorsky?
1: Well, you can do it by email, but there's a chance it gets buried under all the junk I get. That would be a- ArizonaCaller at gmail.com. The other way is to message me or call me on my mobile phone. I get my phone number out, 480 110. It's on my website. Contact me that way. You can send me a message, an email through that, through the website. You would go to www.azcaller.com com cool. or arizonacaller.com
0: Either one of them, either one of them takes you there. Awesome, awesome. Uh, now I, I ask you about pranks that have been played upon you. Have you uh, had a, a hand at p- playing a prank on another caller? Have you ever done anything to anybody that that? oh, I wish I hadn't done that?
1: <laughs> no, I can't say I've ever gone down that road. No, I'm not, I, I've been a good boy in that regard.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, awesome. Uh, uh, one thing I would like you to do, uh, if you have uh, a Facebook page or something along that line uh, for publicity purposes if you'd put a post to your uh, podcast that we've done today on there and maybe we can get it spread out right now I lack three states I lack Montana Rhode Island and uh, oh boy there's one more okay, I've got it right here uh, North Dakota North Dakota, Montana, and Rhode Island are the only three states I don't have, and I'd love to get them so I could say I'm in all fifty states. So cool deal! Well, I
1: don't know where all my Facebook friends are, but I have over four thousand, so I'm sure we can get the word out.
0: Good deal. If you can do that, that'd be great. And uh, I, uh, I've really appreciated you taking the time and doing this interview today. Do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with the Square Ass Public before we go?
1: Well, I'm going, to, I'm, happy to, I'm going to be happy to see everybody come back and dancing again. I look forward to seeing everybody again. That's going to be great. I know that the Board of Governors is starting a discussion about the SSD program which is which is a shorter program but a very danceable program that may be getting new students and we're going to start with that or figure out ways where people can start with that. There's already success stories with that. So I would encourage people, if they have one of those in their area, to support it.
0: Good idea. Well, I think uh, I've, I've talked to a lot of callers, some that are choreographic geniuses, some that are entertainers, some are singers. And uh, I think we can all agree a simpler, more compact program would be a great way to get this thing refired. Um, another thing I do know that you were booked into North Carolina uh, at the uh, state convention to be a caller coach for our Callers Association and uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm president of the North Carolina Callers Association right now, and we had a an impromptu meeting over Zoom or one of the, the online deals where we're going to ask you to come back, give you first chance of being our next caller coach. So uh, I'm I sure appreciate that, that, and I would love to do it. I was so looking forward to that. Well, we were, too, because it isn't very often you can get somebody with such immeasurable talent wit wisdom and and congeniality to be able to do one of those things, so we're we're glad to have you uh, have you do that for us and uh if I don't know when we're going well, to'm yeah, i glad you're
1: going to have me instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it um, do you have another story which you can relate something that's happened to you out on the road or a car breakdown or uh a near accident or Something you can entertain the dancers, because that's what we're here for today.
1: My favorite story was actually back in the day when you had, when Denver was so expensive to fly into. If, you, if you're calling in Colorado, you had to fly to Kansas City and drive. And there was a couple that danced with me that lived in Tribune, Kansas. And they called me and said, you know, your first dance is in Colorado Springs. It doesn't take any longer to come this way than to go the other road. Just come by and spend the night with us. I landed in Kansas City about noon. I started driving. At about 10 o'clock at night, I was about six miles from their house on K96, uh, going over the over the over the hills of the plains, up and down and up and down and up and down. And at the top of the hill in the middle of the night, as my lights lowered, there was a deer right in right in my headlights. I mean, right there. Didn't even have a chance to hit the brakes. Boom destroyed the car. And it's a good thing I didn't have a chance to hit the brakes because in Kansas, if you have a chance to hit the brakes and you still hit that deer, it's your fault. Really? So the skid, mark, the skid marks that I laid apparently were a good 200 feet after I hit the deer. It was. It gotcha. was, it was. And I was lucky it was a young deer. It didn't come up in the windshield and go over the car. It just went to the side of the road. So I called. I, I couldn't call. My cell phone didn't work. So a guy stopped by and saw me. He had one of those antennas on the top of his car, and I called called my friends, and they came out and got me the nearest place to get a rental car, because now I don't have to have one rental car to go to Denver and come back to Kansas City. I've got to get one way to Denver, turn it in, then get a round trip there, and then a one way back to Kansas City. That's wow. what I've got to do. So uh, the, the nearest one was in Garden City, Kansas, and at the Hertz agency there, and that was like kind of semi the wrong way, but they were going to a dance down there, going through that town, going to Texas for a dance, and they were they were going to drop me off. So we get there, it's the Garden City Airport, and I look around when we I get out of the truck and I, I look around and there's nobody there, and I looked at him and said, hey, don't go away just yet. He said, oh no, we're not leaving yet. I walked inside and there's nobody in this airport. Absolutely nobody. I see the Hertz booth, and there's a stick note on the on the courtesy phone upon which is written press three with an arrow pointing to the three like I wouldn't know what a three is. <laughs> so I picked up the phone and I pressed three. A lady answers on the other end and says, Garden City Best Western I looked at the phone, put it back to my ear and I said, I thought I was calling Hertz. She said, Oh, we're that too <laughs> Well, I rented a car today. We didn't rent a car to anybody today. Your 800 number rented me a car today. She says, oh, dear, uh, go behind the counter. By now, there's a security guard there watching. If I just said, hold on a minute. So I'm behind the counter like I'm an employee, and I pick up the phone. and I say, okay, I work for Hertz now. What do I do? The guard laughed and walked away. <laughs> and she says, there is a security drawer on your left. There, there's a, she didn't say that. She said, there's a drawer on your left. And it has a big number in the middle, a big, pat, a big knob in the middle, and numbers around the outside. Press in the following code. He goes, bzzz, and I opened it. That is the security drawer, and there's a, a key in there for every rental car in the parking lot.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and I said, okay. She says, is there a rental envelope in there with the key attached? I said, no. She says, oh, dear. And I said, i got to get to Denver today. She says, Denver, we don't rent one-way cars here. I said, your 800 number rented me a one-way car. She said, okay, hold on a minute. (laughs) She she says, okay, I checked the computer in the back, and and that computer says, you have a rental car here, but it's over here at the motel. And she says, is that door still open? I said, yeah. She says, grab a key out of there, go find that car in the parking lot and drive it over here to the motel. Now, I haven't given her my credit card or my ID or nothing. (laughs) Jeez. And so... I, I walked out with the key. I cl- and I, I closed the door. She says, "Make sure you lock the lock the drawer." How do I lock it? She says, "See that big button in the middle." I, I, I was so scared I missed the big button in the middle. So I pressed that. I heard that it was locked. I walked out. And I thought, "Wait a minute, my friends are still here." I said, "Can you take me over to that hotel?" They said, "Oh yeah, it's just over the other side of town." And I said, "Okay, then I don't need this key to get, find this car in the parking lot." I walked back and I called her again. She says, we'll put the key back in the drawer. And I said, I forgot the code. So she gave me the code a second time. Wow. They opened the drawer, put the key in, they got me over to the hotel and I got to Colorado Springs, trip to Denver first for, for the new rental car and then down to Colorado Springs for my dance. But, oh boy.
0: <laughs> I imagine. Who, I mean, you could have taken six sets of keys with you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Oh, man. oh, man, I was watching my P's and Q's like you can't believe.
0: <laughs> well, I can imagine. I bet you were. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, and and that's one great thing I like about these podcasts because you, you wouldn't have time to tell that story at a dance by the time you got to go, get up and call the next tip. People, that, that kind of humor and that kind of experience gets lost. Due to timing at a dance, and it's it's fantastic to hear things that have happened to people. And uh, oh, it's a
1: good opportunity to share that kind of stuff. I'm enjoying this very much, Mark. Good
0: deal. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, uh, do you have any other caller friends that you think that might like to do one of these for me? Ooh,
1: have you talked to Mike Seastrom yet?
0: I have sent him a, a request, but. I haven't heard anything back. I sent one to John Jones and Deborah Carroll. I haven't heard back. And uh, I sent oh, about second. six of them out this morning. So I'm hoping that there's some in my email back. But uh, uh, if you uh, happen to have Mike's phone number, because this, this day and age, you get a lot of junk mail. And I know he's busy as a dentist and everything else. And sometimes it gets buried. And sometimes you don't know if it's legitimate or not. So if you happen to talk to him and say, hey, uh, Marty does these podcasts and would love to have you do one. Uh, if you could put a bug in his ear that this was legitimate and uh, maybe, just maybe, it would work. I don't know. Well,
1: I'll, I'll do that. I'll tell you this. Mike Seastrom not only is a good friend of mine, but he was probably the number two caller that had the most greatest influence on my career at an early stage. Really? Nice. And I, I believe our friendship and respect for each other began at a dance well, I lived in the San Fernando Valley, and I drove out to Camarillo, and almost an hour's drive. Now it's more like two hours to, because oh, sure. of traffic. But, but I drove out there. Um, I believe it was Camarillo, and he was he was still a very broke dental student. And was using an old Newcomb 25. Do you remember those things? Oh, I do. I know. I remember. remember Newcomb. That a, yeah. And that was a big dance. That was meant to call for about four squares at the most. And he had like 25, 30 squares in the hall at that time. Wow. And they were all saying, "Can't hear you, can't hear you." And I went up at the first tip and I said, "Mike, I've got an AC 200 in the car. I just got it. You want it?" And he said, "Boy, yeah, I sure do." So I ran up the car real quick and we hooked that up. And he called that dance, and it was a great dance. Oh, sure and I, I i I believe that started our respect for each other right
0: there oh I imagine well, that show. goes back to the brotherhood of uh caller helping caller for sure uh incredible, very good. so if you could put a bug in his ear, I'd love to have Mike on board uh and do a and do a podcast with him. one of the uh I had this conversation with Daryl Lipscomb down in uh the Rio Grande Valley, and I said, do you know of anybody who might do one and, he said, sure. So he uh, got Ross Howell to do one with me, great C3 caller. We were sitting in, at his dining room table, and Ross and Dill and I did one. And he says, uh, you know, uh, that this guy might do it. And uh, it was John Flippo, Marshall's son. <laughs> and uh, so he did one, and it was a fabulous one, telling stories. He says, I can't tell stories like my dad did. Well, I'll tell you what, he did pretty good at it. There was no question, but uh, no. Okay, let me ask you this question. Do you have a favorite Marshall football story? I was just going to tell you one. That you he invited tell.
1: me to be one of the callers at Kirkwood, and uh, it was him and me and Bobby Newman, God rest his soul, and we were doing a lot of three together and two together, one rest. Finally, about the third or fourth day, they all, all the dancers went in from the break room where We were all visiting, they all went in and Bobby was going to call his own chip and the only two left there were Marshall and me and this is my first time to work with this legend and I have to tell you, I was nervous. Uh, oh, this, yes. guy, this guy is an absolute legend. And and I asked him, I said, Marshall, i got to ask you a question. I said, I heard, this is years ago, mind you, I heard that you called your first singing call at a Melton Luttrell dance and Melton told your club president, you better tell that Flippo guy, he better keep driving that milk truck because he's never going to make it as a square dance caller and I want to know if that's true. And he looked me square in the eye and said, it was a bread truck. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah, it did happen. He says, I could make a dance to the beat but I, could, I couldn't call to it. And he, s- he said that... Uh, uh, when, when I tried to practice later, I would get off the beat and Nisa would tap him on the shoulder on the downbeat and he learned to call to that and then she'd, she'd just motion like she was then she'd walk away and she says, when you get off, come back and get me. So he would and she'd come back like that. Well, you think about that. And that was his downbeat style of calling. Right. That was, was, was so unique to just him. But I did ask him, when a person would say that you better keep driving that truck because you can't, you're never going to make it as a square dance caller. What possessed you to keep trying? And he thought a minute and he says, I don't know. He says, I guess it was just somebody telling me I couldn't do it.
0: Really? Amazing. Yes. Well, there you go. The next time you have a student that you have a roadblock and just use a flip uh mentality, say you can't do this, and see if it happens again. <laughs> you <laughs> there never you know. Go.
1: Good thoughts. Sure.
0: Well, Mike, I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy and you got a lot of uh you got to save your voice up to read that book for tomorrow and best of luck in the music business. I hope to see something where uh, you get a gold record or a platinum record hanging on your wall and be fabulous. So.
1: Well, I appreciate that and I do remember the time you came to my dance up there in uh, Lenore City at uh, not Lenore City, Land Harbor. Land Harbor. Yeah. And you came and I hope to see you again at one of my dances. It's great. You to will. You.
0: For sure. Mike, stay well, take care, and uh, if you're ever out in the uh, Carolina area, near South Carolina, near Charlotte, and you need a place to stay, let me know you're going to be in town, and we've got an extra uh, hammock on the oak tree out there. We could set you up with the outdoor, John, and we'd be all set.
1: <laughs> Sounds great.
0: All right. You take care. Good to talk to you.
1: Good talking to you, too, Marty.
0: Take care. Stay safe.